DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, August 20th, 2019, season 15, episode number 28. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. Very happy to be back home uh, from training camp at Oxnard. Uh, Cowboys are having their first practice here at the uh, Ford Center. Uh, they are on the field right now going through their routine. And I got my guys here, Nick and Dave, joining me. Amber's out today, but we'll, uh, we'll carry on anyway. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, particularly, we will get into the Cowboys' second preseason game. Dave's uh, right there. What? I'm just saying Dave's right there. He's, I said Dave. He said guys. I know, but I I'm just saying guy. there's Dave. Hi. There's Dave. Hey. I was just showing that oh, he's, he's, he wasn't I on see. the camera. I got you. I got you. Watching. Anyway. Watch. Some people are because, because we're going to get to watch practice. We That's are going to get to watch practice. That's we'll have a, a little point, bit of a uh, – that is a little treat for you guys as we do the show today. You'll be able to have a quick look in at what's happening here on the field. We're going to spend some time talking, though, about the Cowboys' second preseason game where they faced uh, the Los Angeles Rams. They got a win. 14 to 10. There were some uh, very good things we saw during that game. We're going to point those out and talk a little bit about those. There are also some not-so-good moments that I also want to throw out and get your opinions on. Before we do that, though, let's talk a little bit about injuries. Uh, this injury list is is quite expansive. Uh, there are some guys that are kind of working back in, some guys still out. Why don't you guys go through and talk to me a little bit about some of the injuries and, and kind of where everybody stands with those. It's long. I don't know. I mean, really, we could just start with who is practicing yep. at this point. Uh, it's not that bad. Uh, Tyron Smith is limited today. He, the dreaded back tweak. We know he didn't go to Hawaii. Jason Garrett said he's still dealing with that. He, he's out there in uniform. Uh, so much like a lot of these, I don't think it's something that's super serious, but he's dealing with the back. Zach Martin's still dealing with the back. Mari Cooper's still dealing with his foot. Um, Tyrone Crawford and Demarcus Lawrence are back to practice today, but they're going to be very limited because this is their first work of the year. But positive step. That's positive good. step. Uh, Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz are both out. Um, who else am I missing? Noah Brown and Byron Jones Sean are still Lee on PUP. Sean Lee is back. I don't expect that he's going to do a ton, but he did come into practice. Jeff Heath is limited. Uh, he did not play on Saturday night. I'm drawing a blank as to what his exact injury was. But, again, these this is, for the most part, all training camp, you know, knocks and bruises, being cautious with guys. Um, I think – I, I don't want to knock, knock on wood, but I think Robert Quinn is, like, the only guy that's dealing with, a, you know, aside from Luke Gifford, which we already knew that. But those two are, like, the severe injuries among what among what's going on. What they say about Covington? That's, you know what? We didn't get an update on him today. It's a long list, man. It's a first, very long first injury First play list. of the game, right? Yeah, I mean, not even a play. It was yeah. the kickoff. Yeah, linebacker, Chris Covington. That's something that, that we need to check in on because we updated every single – injury this morning with Jason Garrett but the you know sixth string linebacker got lost in the shuffle I guess talk to me a little bit about Byron Jones and Noah Brown these are two guys that haven't practiced yet um, obviously when you see a couple guys now in, in Tyrone Crawford and Tank Lawrence coming back you kind of start looking like okay when are they going to be back talk to me about those two guys particularly yeah uh, I actually asked Jason for an update on both of them because they're not they're not off of PUP like Tyrone and DeMarcus are um Jason said that Byron is still on schedule. He's right where he's supposed to be. Obviously, 
you know, it feels like there's a long time to the season, but it's really they got five practices until mm-hmm. it's time to start game planning for, for the Giants. So we'll see. It doesn't sound like it's going to be this week, maybe next. And then Noah Brown trying to read between the lines. I wonder I wonder what his progress is. Jason said he's still a little bit away. So now you now maybe you wonder if he's going to not be available at the outset of the season, but that's a little premature. We'll you see. know, and the thing about Noah, we we've talked about him being a guy that, you know, will probably make the team. They they like him that much. The one thing about about him is that, you know, he's he's the obviously a big strong guy. They don't have another guy that's in this mix of the John Vay Johnsons and and Reggie Davis or Cedric Wilson. He's pretty pretty much the biggest guy there Cedric Wilson but there's important note if you're watching Cedric Wilson out there doing yeah. um receiver drills which obviously he's been in the concussion protocol so that's a but that's a positive that's, there's, yeah, positive there's nobody see. like Noah Brown though is what I'm trying to say there's nobody that does what he does or what they want him to do I'm not saying he does it well or extremely <laughs> well well no because they, they want him to be this tight end and block all the time and he's really not he's just a big receiver but you know, he's he's getting there, and, and I think that they like him for a reason. But I'm just saying I don't know who's competing with him to say we're going to take – you're going to be the big receiver on this team. You know, who is that? They don't. I they mean, don't other than maybe Cedric, yeah, which that is – it's interesting. I and mean, if you remember, Noah started the season on IR last year, and it kept them from having to make a decision about him. So if he is unavailable at the start of the season, it could be the same thing all over again. Yeah. I think it would be PUP this year because he didn't even mix into practice this year. So, again, it's premature, but I do wonder what they're going to do with him if he can't mix into practice before they have to cut the roster down. All right, let's go on. Let's move on to a little bit of blanket coverage. I have a statement for you guys. It's just going to be one statement today. You guys fill in the blank. Here's the statement. Jerry joked after Pollard's uh, performance on Saturday, Zeke who? Zeke's agent said it was a disrespect. He said he thought it was disrespectful. This has blank impact on negotiations. Dave? None. It has, like, absolutely no impact on negotiations, which I feel a lot of different types of way about this. First of all, let's provide some context to the situation because within 10 seconds of the Ziku joke, he said, obviously, I'm... Three seconds. Like, it was quick. I'm very quick. I'm kidding. We all love Zeke. We know what he does for this team. I would love to have him and Tony Pollard in the backfield at the same time. Very complimentary stuff, but as Jerry, first of all, he loves that type of stuff. He does. And And he was was having a little fun. It was too good to pass up. It was a great opportunity at a joke. He winked at the camera after he said it. Right. Um, So, first of all, whatever. Like, full context, it's not a big deal. Second of all, okay, Zeke, you feel disrespected? Like, Jerry probably doesn't appreciate that you haven't been at work for the last three weeks. Like, big, big deal. I don't care. Like, I, it's, and I guarantee you Jerry doesn't care either. And thirdly and lastly, if a deal gets done or when a deal gets done, it's going to be water so far under the bridge. Do you think anybody's going to care if they agree on this new big deal and he's back in the fold? Oh, but you made a half-hearted, light-hearted joke about me two weeks ago. Nobody's going to care. It's nothing. I'll take the next one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that I mean, was the only one we that had. Was, just, and and that was been, about right. It's been all the talk of social media for three yeah. days. I'm sick of hearing and, about it. And honestly, it. the only reason I brought it up is really social because media. I wanted to give context because we were standing there. I know I was standing there. I think, Dave, you were standing there. Yeah. And I do think sometimes you, you hear these things and how they're reported. They'll kind of say in, a, in small italics, he was joking. But it, in the big headline, everybody read the headline, and that's what they knew. And so a lot of people don't know that it was re- it really was 
just one of those lighthearted moments that Jerry's having with the media, which he has, quite frankly, yeah. a lot of the time. I mean, and just get over it if you're disrespected. I mean, it sounds like the offer that they threw out there was pretty disrespectful as well. The first <laughs> offer that they threw out that, there. So, that, Zeke's, that Zeke's camp. Yeah, so, right. I mean, you know, it sounds like it's I, been happening. I completely, I completely agree with the guy's strategy, honestly. He does deserve to be paid better, and if that's what it takes to get it, good for him. But – he is in breach of contract with two years left on his deal. Like, I doubt Stephen and Jerry Jones genuinely appreciate what he's doing. So, great. Everybody feels disrespected. Cool. Don't care. All right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. I want to talk a little bit about the game. Um, I've, I've noted about, I don't know, there are about five different things I noted from the game that I consider to be good uh, moments in the game um, and, or good or players I wanted to point out. And then there are roughly about four things that I wanted to point out that weren't so good. Uh, and we'll talk about each one. Cowboys get the win 14-10. Uh, the first thing I noticed um, and I want to point out and talk about is um, Tony Pollard. Uh, he has five carries, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, in my opinion, that touchdown run was unique in the way that it wasn't just what we had heard of him from the standpoint of him being a guy that can kind of take a, 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 a run and, and use his speed to, to make something happen. He actually had to finish that run with some power, and he did, and he got into the end zone. That all being said, have you seen anything from him that even makes you think that there's a possibility he could be an every down back in the NFL? Nick? Um, yes. Yeah, it's the fact that Zeke's not here, and he's the number one back, and he's looked really good, uh, relatively speaking. So he will be the number one back in if you know if he's if Zeke's not here, and he showed it with the, what you're asking with these runs there. The touchdown run to me reminded me, and and again, let's be. I mean, I'm gonna put it in some context here, but it reminded me of Emmett Smith. The way that he was, he was low to the. I like how you started it. I'm gonna yeah. put that in context. Yeah, yeah. okay. The the run was yeah. like Emmett Smith in that very low center of gravity. Um, he's you know he's obviously when you're not that tall you're going you're going to be. But he stayed. His balance was there. It was it was that hit like three yards off the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. and then he stays, and then he goes and he finishes the run. But that to me, I'm not saying he's Emmett Smith at all because he's not really built like it. But the run was powerful with a low center of gravity that I thought was good. I thought I was being bold because I compared I compared Pollard's drive in that game to what Zeke did against Seattle in 2016. Like, it just felt familiar in the sense of, like, putting everybody in the game on notice. Although you have to point out that he did it against the Rams' backups. Like, yeah. not really nobody of consequence was in that game for L.A. Um, I don't want to say – like, it was very impressive. I wrote a whole story about it. I, I was blown away. And even, you know, Brian brought us, went through and watched the tape. And the sack that they gave up on Dak wasn't all Pollard's fault. Jason Witten had a hand in that. So all of that, consider, like, he looked fantastic in every aspect of the game. Um, I don't want to doubt or hate on the guy. But, like, I'm not convinced that that means he's going to be your every down guy. And I, I, if Zeke's not here, I still don't think that'll be the case. I think Alfred Morris is here for a reason especially if Zeke doesn't show up. And I just think there will be some divvying there. I mean, these guys know what they have in Morris, and there's a reason that he's kind of quietly been ramping up as time goes. And if Zeke's not here when the regular season starts, I think it'll be some type of balance between the two. The one thing I will say, though, is I don't think he's just a third down back. I he think he's a guy that looks like Zeke's more than back, that, for sure. You can give him series because yeah. the one thing we've that at least I think I've noticed is – 
he is not he's not afraid and he's not bad at running between the tackles a lot of the runs most of the runs that we've seen him have here in the preseason so far have been between the tackles and the one thing I like about him when he's running in there is you know sometimes you see a guy when he's running between the tackle he just kind of bows his way through he has a way of kind of just figuring out where the little creases are and he kind of just moves within them uh, to try to get as much as he can get it's a different way maybe than you have than a bruising type back but the point is He's been pretty effective at it, and, and, and so I wouldn't discount his ability to be able to work within the tackles, and that makes him an every down back. Even though he's not taking every carry in the game, he is a back that can play on any down. Yeah, the, the big difference, I mean, the, the, the big question with backs like that is, is you know, he's done it for one drive in each game. Let's see what happens in the third quarter, True. fourth quarter, when you you know these these hits start you know piling up a little bit. Uh, but he's done everything that they've given him so far. He's he's passed with flying colors. So, but that's my thing too is I don't expect him to be the guy all three, yeah. whether it's Zeke or Alfred Morris or whatever. Like I don't expect them to put that kind of load on him. But there's no based on what we've seen through training camp and two preseason games. There's no way he shouldn't be getting a healthy percentage of the workload yeah. from the from the get. You know, I mean, shoot, we already compared him to Emmett and Zeke, so just throw <laughs> Kamara back out there too. Like, I know, right? Yeah. If the Saints can get Alvin Kamara that involved while they still have Mark and, Ingram, then there has to be a way to use this guy because he's clearly awesome. You know, it was back at the three-yard line. I was like, well, what? I told Derek, what if he takes it to the house right here, 97 yards? And if that was the case, we would be comparing him to Tony Dorsett. So, yeah. you know, let's just do the whole thing. Hall of Famer. Let's Run go. over someone like Marion Barber. <laughs> You'll put him in the hall already. All right, I wonder if uh, he's going to – sorry. I wonder if he's going to keep wearing 36 when he makes the team. Yeah. No way. I don't like 36. I don't, I don't either. either. But maybe I will, though. You know, like we said this the other day. Camara – like 41 is lame, but Camara made it cool. So maybe he can make 36 Yeah, cool. and 41 still doesn't match for his kind of skill for Camara. It doesn't match to me. Like, I see it, and I'm yeah. like, that's just but not – But it looks cool. Like, they call him AK-41. Like, it's yeah. way cooler than you would have thought. Man. I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather him get to a number. I'm trying to think of a 36 in NFL history that's been like a real standout running back. There probably is a one. Running back I'm sure somewhere. there's been one. I'm sure there's been one, but I just can't think of I one. I just feel like he's going to move into the 20s when this roster gets cut down. Who's a good 36 down. ever? Like, I mean. I have no idea. I'm trying to. I now can't I want to really know the answer. To, I'll, Lawyer I'll, I'll, go, I'll go find it. I don't it. even know if that's What's true. 36? I don't know. Maybe not. So right, I don't anyway. know. All right, let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we have a couple others we want to get to, some good things that happened in this game. Cowboys get the 14-10 win on the road out in Honolulu. We're back, though, at the Star here at Frisco at Ford Center. Cowboys are having their practice, their first practice back here. We'll be right back after this break. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS One Score, September 2018. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys and with us you'll travel like a pro visit cowboystravel.com to book your travel package today work the Cowboys way and channel the winning business tradition of the Dallas Cowboys and the Jones family at Formation 
This dynamic workspace provides an elevated work experience on the STARS aspirational campus with exclusive membership options available to meet varying needs. Choose from open workspaces, dedicated desks, and private offices to leverage our home field advantage for your individual business success. Limited memberships are available now, so apply today at formationatthestar.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. Ah. Back to Talking Cowboys. Welcome back. Here we are. We're live here at Star and Frisco. We're at Fort Center. Cowboys are having practice this morning, and uh, we're here live. The fans are out. They're watching practice. If you want to come out and check out a practice, make sure you get out here. Uh, it would be tomorrow and Thursday. That will be at 11 a.m. Uh, out here. Uh, and then there will be another practice next week. There will be two practices next week, and they'll be at night. Um, so if your kids are back at school, you want to get out here after the kids are out of school. I think it's at 545 on next Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so make sure you give that a sh- uh, try and get out here to the star in Frisco Fort Center. That's where everything will be happening. It's a crazy thing. And I mean, I understand, but Jason Garrett, you know, it's like it's still training camp, but there's four more practices after this because they play a Thursday game next week. We're already almost halfway through this week. Like I'm kind of ready. I'm ready wet. for some real football. It doesn't matter if you're ready or not. It's coming. It's yeah. like 15 days away. Think about it. This weekend. College football starts up. Yes, sir. We don't have another weekend without football until February. Love it. I'm Best so time excited. of the year. So excited. All right. Um, let's move on. There's a couple other good things that happened in that game. Dak Prescott went 5 of 5 for 64 yards. If you take his first two games uh, in the preseason, he's gone 9 for 9. He has not had an incompletion. Um, he's had 87 yards total. Um, what you've seen from Dak during the preseason as well as what you saw from him during training camp, do you think that you've seen enough growth in him where you think he is ready to assume the mantle of being the best thing that the Cowboys do? Let's assume for a second that Dak is not here. Is he ready to be that kind of guy? I mean, yet? Zeke is Zeke. not here. I'm sorry, Zeke is not here. Is Dak ready to be the best thing that the Cowboys do? Offensively, I should say. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not ready to say that. Which, oh. although, let me let me start good before I get to that though. Uh, I mean. I'm so encouraged by the way he's looked in these games because, again, we've been going back and forth about how he's looked in practice. It's been up and down. I even said he needs to be more consistent. And the argument is always, well, is that because of this top five defense or because Dak's not that good? And granted, he's playing backups in these games. I get that. But he's done everything you could ask him to do to this point. Ten points on two drives, a 97-yard scoring drive, got everybody involved, look accurate. I know people were debating the Gallup throw. I thought it was a fantastic pass. I thought he put it exactly where it needed to be to give Gallup a chance to get it, uh, even if it was a jump ball. Um, I, I think he's looked great, and he's done everything you can ask of him. Whether that means he's ready to be that load-carrying quarterback, I'm not ready to say. Yeah, I thought the, the pass that we just saw here in practice where it was Tavon Austin about 20 yards down the field, a, a crossing route. I thought that those are the type of plays that, A, Kellen Moore is is kind of scheming open more than we saw last year, and B, Dak's hitting them. You know? So um, 
See who's getting these carries right now, right? <laughs> My man Alfie. Sorry. Pollard who? Yeah. <laughs> no, no um, I, I just. Are you? Yeah. Well, here we go. Back. Haven't had a drop in a while. Um, no. no, I thought. I, I just. I think he's done well. I don't know if the, if that's the right answer yet. The best that they do because I still think their offensive line and their running game kind of is everything that, that this team's based off of. So I still think that it, it's not the best thing that they do, but he runs it really well. And that's kind of my argument for why I think this team, like, fret less about the money because even if you pay him right now, Dak doesn't have to be the best thing you do. Like, Russell Wilson wasn't the best thing the Seahawks did after they gave him his first big contract. You still have the offensive line in place. Zeke presumably will be there. We'll see how that goes. Cooper's going to be there. Like, all of that stuff is going to be there for Dak, and all of this salary cap stuff isn't going to hit you for several more years, at least two, if not more than that. Okay, so, I'm gonna so, so I, even if he's just a high-end I hate that phrase, but even if he's just a high-end bus driver with all the other talent around him right now, that's probably good enough. And the hope for me is that in, let's say, two, three years, he is that guy. I don't know if he's there yet. Well, but. that's the thing, and, and that's the nature of this is once you give him that big contract, basically once you give all these guys these big contracts, over time that's going to start diminishing yes. the amount of talent that you'll have across the board. That being said, if you guys were to look into your crystal balls right now, from what you've seen of him and his growth and his maturation over the years that he's been with the Cowboys, do you see his trajectory being one that gets him to that level? Yeah, I do. Because he, cause he's gotten better every every year. I mean, he's you can say that, that he's, you know, he keeps improving. Make sure there's not an injured guy there on the field. Um, <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I think I, you know, he's he's got you know weapons around him, and I think the Amari Cooper thing really helped him uh, last year. It was just a, a, the best route running receiver that he's ever had um, on the team. You know, I guess Beasley was a good route runner, but not in all the spots. So I think he's getting more and more weapons, and he's getting better. And I think Kellen Moore seems to be a better fit for what he's trying to do. It's it's early. We'll see. I don't ever want to bet against his work ethic and his natural charisma and those are the things that I that give me a lot of confidence that he can on top of that and this isn't to take credit away from Dak but I think of oh that's interesting right. Taron Christian getting some reps at quarterback right. which we've seen very very little of a lot of people have been asking me about that hmm. I think but the Cowboys are trying to think that means? I think they're trying to hide him I played the Sean Watson this week. Maybe they're trying to. That's a good point. Getting him, I don't know. Maybe. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe he's, he's going to get a chance with this, the number two. These are not his first reps at quarterback. Like no. he's had a few chances, but it has been few and far between. But I just think they like what he does on a variety of fact. And like we joke, like Jameel Showers 2.0. But I really think yeah. that's it's not a coincidence that they're trying to develop this guy at the same time that Jameel Showers runs out of practice squad eligibility. Yeah. Uh, so And he just does the read option there, as you scout, say. That, so, scout yeah. team quarterback, special teams guy. He's covered kickoffs, yeah. he's all returned, that good type of stuff. We'll talk more about backup quarterbacks Sorry. when we get to the bad of the game. But go ahead, finish <laughs> your point. I don't want to take credit away from Dak, but you can't underestimate what a good offensive coordinator can do for you like yeah. how, how bad did Jared Goff look when he first got in the league versus how great he looks under Sean McVay mm -hmm. and like it's not a secret like Sean McVay is good at scheming 
quote-unquote easy calls for him. Like, he makes it easy on his quarterback. We saw it in the game on that wheel route. I mean, he schemed that. That, that was all scheme. And it's not to take credit away from Jared Goff either, but, you know, how much have we talked about, like, play design? Why don't the Cowboys use rub routes? Why don't the Cowboys scheme guys open instead of relying on the receivers? And that's that's been this talking point. And maybe it's Kellen Moore that opens that up for Dak, or maybe it's the next coach. But either way, I think you can't underestimate what that could do for him too. All right, let's move on. Michael Gallup had a 31-yard reception. Uh, we've seen him go down the field quite a bit. Last year he went down the field quite a bit, but the connection between he and Dak wasn't always perfect. Uh, have you guys seen enough here in practice and in training camp to suggest that you think that'll be a more a higher percentage play for the Cowboys this year than it was last year? Yes, I do think so. And, and I think that the, the catch that he made was a proof of that. Uh, going up and attacking the football, getting the ball, uh, not just you know running. And the, the pass wasn't – it wasn't – you know, didn't get him in stride, but you don't always have to do that. You get it out there and you let your playmaker go get the play because once he stops, the cornerback flies by anyways. So just get it in a spot where he can catch it. That was the problem that Dak was throwing last year, was overthrowing him or throwing it out of bounds. Give him a catchable ball and let the playmaker go make the catch, which is what he did. Dak, Dak haters don't want to hear it, but he threw Gallup open on that play. Like, the coverage was good. And, I like, you know, you want to hit him in stride, but, you, you know, there's safety help in the NFL. That's a thing. Like, I th- it was a well, it was a well-placed ball. I thought it was great. Thank you. That's exactly right. All right, let's move on. Devin Smith, uh, another receiver. He uh, actually had three catches for 24 yards and a touchdown. Interesting guy because he's a second-round pick. Uh, has had two knee injuries. Um, did not play um, on a on a 53-man roster last season. Um, but this year has played pretty good over the last week. He had a really la- a good last week. Of- wow. A really nice catch by Randall Cobb right there. Like nice. that could have been an interception, and Cobb just kind of took it away from the guy. But he had a, a really nice practice last week, and then ended in the game with a, a touchdown. That was a really nice play. Do you think Devin Smith is making a case for himself to make this team, despite the fact that he is a guy that has been injury prone, had two major injuries? It's tough for him. I want to make sure, like, we're being very transparent here, because I I see you, astute listeners of the break, like. We, we buried the guy, I think it Week was one. it was the Wednesday before we, like, packed up in Oxnard. Yeah. Or no, 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 it was the Wednesday before the 49ers game. So coming up on two weeks ago, yeah. we were basically like, I don't see it. He's not really distinguishing himself. There He's not he that is. versatile. And ever since, there he is right there, ever since there you go, Devin. he's been making us eat our words. And, and people have pointed that out to me. I'm not hiding from it. Like, he was but this gr- thing is fluid. Let's no, be real uh, absolutely. This he was, fluid. It changes from day to day. He's great in the 49ers game. Yeah. He put together three great practices last week. He was great in the Rams game. He just had a catch right there. I do wonder, though, and Nick just said it's going to be tough for him. Like, again, are you versatile enough to justify that roster spot when you consider that the three main pass catchers, I mean, you've got three guys that are going to play most of the snaps. You've got a fourth guy in Tavon Austin yeah. who's going to handle a lot of special teams duties and be a gadget guy. You probably have Noah Brown depending, and I don't care if people don't want to hear it. He blocks. He does all that dirty stuff that Jason Garrett loves. That's important. Is Devin Smith good enough to justify that even and and does he have a role on special teams because that's so important for a guy that's you know fifth or sixth on the depth chart too they did have him as the gunner the other day in in the punt team um but it's come it it looks like it's going to come down to that final spot with uh john vay johnson uh cedric wilson Uh, i mean maybe reggie davis he's he's kind of taking a few steps backwards here but uh 
you know, they really like what John Vey does. And uh, Scooper throws it to somebody. Uh, John Vey is just the classic case of not taking it to a game, though. Right. Which is, I mean, honestly, I do wonder, you know, Devin Smith, second-round pick, 37th overall by the New York Jets. Everybody knows he's had, he's had two knee injuries, completely derailed his career, but everybody knows his talent. He averaged 28 yards per catch his final year at Ohio State. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, if you cut him, is he more likely to get scooped up because I mean, name power is part of it, but obviously he's, he's got a talent to be a top 40 pick if he's healthy, and he is. Is he less likely to hang around if you release him as opposed to, you know, no offense to no offense to John Bay Johnson or Jalen Guyton or even Cedric Wilson, but like you can probably sneak those guys onto your practice squad. Yep. Like, I don't think NFL teams are beating down the door to steal them from you because every team has guys like that. And here's the other thing to consider. I think we all talk about it a lot on this show. You get down that layer of the depth chart, and the guy needs to also give you something on special teams. But I think something that could factor into this decision or probably should factor into this, into this decision is that if you got a guy here that you feel like you might have stolen who is a second-round pick, a high second-round pick, that is really a caliber-wide receiver of your top three guys, just hasn't had a chance to really prove that because of injury, then maybe you say, hey, we got to keep this guy around because we think developing him, he's going to be one of those top three guys come next year. And, and that's more important than having a guy down – at the six wide receiver spot who's either going to be an active or going to be a special teams guy. And I think that might be Devin Smith's best bet is that, you know, Randall Cobb's a free agent, all that good stuff. Like having this guy is more important to us than having a dude who could do something more on special teams. Right. And maybe you have to finagle some things to make that work, but you probably could. I just keep thinking of guys like Jimmy Smith who it happens sometimes in the NFL. Things just don't work out for you from where, right. where you're drafted. You may have a high draft pick but it just doesn't work out for injury or whatever reason, and then you get somewhere else, and it you do and get that luck to fall on your side, and now you're rolling. That's that. It's so tantalizing, too. Yeah. We saw it briefly with Rolando McClain, right? Yeah. Like, if you can get one of those talented guys whose career hasn't worked out for him to hit, it, it can be big for Mark you. Mark Colombo was another guy. Yeah. He get, he came to the Cowboys in Chicago, felt like they, that he had been a bust for them, and he came here and had a really nice career here as a, well, as a right tackle. And, and what does, you know, Brian brought us say that, that, that scouts always say, give me some traits. Mm -hmm. what, what does he do that separates him from others? And, and he is separating. He can run. He can separate from Light DBs. He can, he can run. We haven't even seen that so much as we've seen him just make good plays in, in the red zone at receiver, which was that was a nice catch there in the back of the end zone in the game. Yeah. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. We got one more good thing, and then we have a couple things that are we're not so good. We'll talk about those when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too Right above the subway. Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor. Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS One Score, September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. 
A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. To the break. Final segment of the break live from Ford Center in Frisco, Texas. Cowboys are having their first practice back here after leaving Oxnard and Honolulu. And we're happy to be back here in uh, Frisco, Texas. I'm thrilled to be back. Oh, I'm thrilled you. that I can hear you over the music now. That was, yeah. that was tough. It's kind of loud out here, but uh, fans are enjoying it. If you get an opportunity to get out here, make sure you come out. You can check out practice tomorrow and Thursday um, at 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, and then next Monday and Tuesday, we'll have night practices at 545. Uh, so try to make it out, get, get an opportunity to see your team up close and personal before we get to the regular season. Uh, we're going through the game. Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out that was on the good side, Kerry Hyder um, played very well and played very well at two different positions, both defensive tackle and defensive end, showing that versatility that the Cowboys love, that position flex. Um, this is kind of a, a bigger picture question. Do you think that he can now possibly play the role that um, for so many years Tyrone Crawford has played for this team. And maybe it doesn't mean anything for this year, but in going down the road, obviously next year, be more of a decision. Do you think that maybe he can start feeling that, filling that kind of role for him? Or do you think it can even take an, another step in the, in the form that you don't really want to have? If you're trying to figure out how you're going to cut this team and, and get down to 53, that you have to make a decision between he and Tyrone Crawford. Um, I think that that Hyder is is a guy that, you know, I, I don't know if you if you if you looking that far down the road. I mean, it, it makes sense though with about uh, Crawford. You want to you want to see what he's going to be able to do next year, contract wise. It could be something where they maybe part ways from. But they love position flex. They'll t- they'll say that all the time on every player. What I think Hyder's able to do right now is is that you have some questions all over the D-line, especially defensive end. And he's able to do that and say, he's going to be here week one. We know that. He's going to make the, I think he's going to make the team for sure. I don't even think now he's a guy that makes the team for week one or two, and then we'll see what happens with Quinn. I mean, he, I think he's got a role because of what you said, all that versatility. Yeah, I, I mean, always we can be wrong. We were about Devin Smith two weeks ago, but I, I think of him as on the team and having a role. I think they love him. He's shown it in the games. I think it's a little premature, the stuff with Tyrone. And Tyrone's contract, the way it sits, it does, you know, if they wanted to move on from him next year, it makes sense. But I think he means too much to them right now. I think they're both versatile enough that you can find ways to work them both simultaneously anyway. But on top of that, Kerry Hyder's not this, like, long-term situation that Tyrone is in. He's on a one-year veteran deal. He's turning 29 next year. Like, this isn't a rookie draft pick or something who's got this 
long future in front of him. So if you're making decisions based on Kerry Hyder with Tyrone, I don't, I don't think I see that. And I expect them both to be on the team. Okay. Uh, let's move over to some of the things that, that weren't so good for the Cowboys. Let's talk first about uh, Mike White. Um, he, <laughs> he, was, he was 7 of 13. Um, he had 30 yards. He had an interception. Um, they did give him an opportunity to run with the twos, I would assume, in hopes that, that maybe they could give him an opportunity to have a little better protection than he had in the San Francisco game. I think yeah. we all agreed the protection was a little shoddy there in that game. Um, what do you think that means for him long term and for the backup quarterback position? Doesn't seem good that Taron Christian just took his third team reps in practice. That doesn't seem good to me. Um, I don't know, man. I I try to keep an open mind and really be as forgiving as possible, but the Rams muffed punt set them up at the 31-yard line. The Rams 31-yard line, 31 yards from pay dirt. Uh, Mike White goes in there. He's with the second team. He's He should have good players around him. And they moved backward two yards, and I think that was Maher's missed field right. goal, right? So we'll get to that. That's that's just not good enough. Yeah, it, it's just not. And really, they haven't moved the ball with Mike White at quarterback in either preseason that he's been allowed to do it. And say what you will about Cooper Rush, he certainly he hasn't looked as amazing as he did his rookie year back in 2017, but. He moved the offense down the field. He threw a touchdown pass to Devin. Uh, Devin I always want to call him Devin White. Uh-huh. Devin Smith. Um, he can, he moves the offense. It doesn't always look great, but he does it. You cannot say that about Mike White. As far as I'm concerned, that competition is over. Um, it seems pretty clear that. Calling Co- it, huh? It, it, I mean, based on what we've seen, how can you call it any other way? True. So it just it doesn't seem like they have any need to carry three quarterbacks, at least not these three. Um, and I just think Cooper Rush will be the backup, and it's really not close in my opinion. Do you feel comfortable with Cooper Rush as the backup? Because I know going into this preseason, uh, I probably was a little bit – I was on the side of being very nervous about the backup quarterback position. I have seen a little (laughs) bit this preseason and during training camp that suggested to me that maybe Cooper's got a little something. Um, Do you guys feel a little better about it, or you still feel the exact same as you did before the preseason? Not to be a smartass. I'm comfortable with anyone as the backup quarterback. You know, (laughs) I am. I mean, anybody as the backup. I mean, we could be the backup as long as we – we're, as long as, as, long as, as, long as we're not, we're not giving the defense very good looks in practice if we're the backup quarterback. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, we all know the deal. You know, it, it's a huge drop off, and I think, I think it would be a huge drop off. However, um, I see what you're seeing. I, I, I think that he's, he's, he moves the ball well. He's kind of a gamer, you know. He, he's, he's never been one that just lights it up in practice, but you know, Dak didn't either. I don't know if. Romo did either. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think you go out and practice is practice. But Cooper in the games, he moves the ball a lot better. And we're comparing him to Mike White, which Mike White can't. He just doesn't pull the trigger on that interception. I mean, it was like he, the guy was open and he just waited and then he threw it and then it was it was a terrible pass. That's not open in the NFL. You've got to hit it and. I think that Cooper is, and, and even Jason Garrett, surprisingly, if you saw in the, in the in the post-game press conference, said he's a lot more comfortable. He's he's a he's further ahead, and I think we're all seeing that right now. Brett Meyer was another guy that I'll, I'll put in the category of, of something that didn't go the Cowboys' way. He misses a 52-yard field goal. Um, after that, were you more, less, or the same as far as your level of concern? Concern. I feel the same. Less. Just. For me, less. Oh, well, little le- a little less because he didn't strike it well. 
you know, I, I get it. It's a miss. I, yeah, 52 yards, and it's windy and all that. Yeah. It didn't seem like it was well hit. Now, I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't get a good look at it, but it looked like a knuckleball just kind of fluttering way off, and it wasn't really close. I don't, you know, I don't think it was a a great attempt. I mean, it's a, yeah, you're going to miss some, but. So that, that makes you feel less concerned? No. I, I <laughs> you meant more concerned. I meant more concerned. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you meant. You feel less say, good about yeah, the situation. Yeah, I thought maybe I just was so quick to answer. No, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't know how you can be less concerned. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, okay. I, I, Sorry. That's I why was, you said, I, I thought no. you would come with some clever point. I was you like, do that sometimes Nick's, where you'll just kind of give us some clever. has got something to say. Yeah. Sorry, I feel, I feel less about him yeah. than I did. But. I think I don't know who's better. But it's it's hard to pay it's hard to pay a hundred percent attention to what's going on at practice while we're trying to have a conversation. But I'm pretty sure he just went six for six during field goal period. He so was he was what five for five last week if, at practice. If he was six for six today, which I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think then that's his third straight, or no, his yeah his third straight six for six and his fourth overall, which you know he still missed in the game. That I feel the same because he missed. It's a 52-yarder in a windy stadium. Like, that's not a gimme. I get that. But a miss is a miss, and that's supposed to be what you're great at. You know, we know you miss from short range, but you're supposed to make it from long range. So now you miss from short range in San Francisco, and you miss from – so it doesn't doesn't feel good. But, yeah, I'm kind of with Nick that I'm not convinced that there's this definitive upgrade out there. I know, like, people are going to say Matt Bryan, and that might be the case, but – He'll he he'll be there. I, I assume so. Nobody else has grabbed him yet. Although, going back to the previous point, the Eagles did grab Josh McCown, who was my break glass in case of emergency yeah. quarterback. So I think that was probably a lot of teams around the league thinking that. I'm telling I think you, I would do it. I think I would get Matt Bryant. Do it. Yeah. If if he struggles against the Texans, I, I would. I think I would. I would. My point was going to be is. Get through the preseason, and if you if it if really you're not feeling any better, then you can go get Matt Bryant. But if you're worried that somebody else is going to take him, maybe you should. All right, next but I one. bet I bet you they as usual. I bet you they're not as worried about it as we I are would agree for whatever reason. Reggie Davis uh, mm-hmm. muffed a punt. We've seen him muff punts in practice as well uh, throughout training camp. Are you convinced that he can't be the return guy for you this year? Oh yeah, I don't think he will be. I think Tavon or and or Cobb you know, can do that. The the thing about these receivers, we say it all the time, you, you get on the radar because you run routes and you and you and you catch the ball, but what are what are you doing on special teams? That's gonna be the difference. So if you're dropping punts or you're or you're not running down on kickoff or whatever it is, that's that's you've gotta get there from there. It's not just catching the ball. You're not that good at, at doing that. So uh, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see on him. But his arrow is is gone down as Devin Smith goes up and and Cedric Wilson's go up. And you know, he's what, what did we ranked the receivers a week and a half ago, I believe. Yeah. And you know, and we were we were told we were pretty close in what we were doing. I think we we put him seventh. If we had to do it today, I know Devin Smith is higher than him. I know Cedric Wilson would be higher than him. I don't think Jalen Guyton would be. This week is going to be About interesting nine. because, like, I mean, Reggie Reggie Davis has played well as a receiver, but his big thing is the special teams contributions. He's been working at punt returner all camp, which people were blowing me up on Saturday night. Like, let somebody else get a look at this. And I'm like, well, go through your list of options. You know Tavon and Cobb aren't going to do it. Cedric Wilson wasn't even in Hawaii. So all of a sudden, like, you basically are got nothing but Reggie Davis. You might as well give him a long look. But – Cedric is back today. 
So there's a chance you could give him a look at returns on Saturday night. And also, I think there's a chance you might see Tony Pollard back there. So that'd be interesting. If one of those guys does a good job, then all of a sudden Reggie Davis's unique skill set doesn't look that impressive. Right. So something to watch. Real quick before we end the show, there was actually one other good that I wanted to point out. Donovan Alumba yeah. uh, was very active uh, playing cornerback for the Cowboys. Um, all that being said, that is one of the positions where they got a little depth. You think he has a shot? I shouldn't even say a shot. Shot. Do you think he makes this team? Makes the final fifty-three? I I think so. I think he does. I, I, I don't think you have to keep a fifth-round pick in Mike Jackson. Um, I, he hasn't, he's been way better than Mike Jackson, and he should be, you would think, because he's, he's been here that much longer. But um, I think when you look at what you said earlier about defensive tackle, if you look at the cornerback position next year, Anthony Brown, Byron Jones, Jordan Lewis, we'll see. Uh, he'd be restricted, right, Jordan Lewis? No, no, no. He's just being the Ooh. last year of his deal. Nice, looked like a nice breakup by Cheeto Wuzier right there. Speaking of cornerback, Cheeto will be here. But, Hopefully, he's but, not hurt. But Alumba, the guy that they like, he's and, okay. And the the the, uh, the body type that that they like that uh, Chris Richard obviously likes. I mean, he's make he's making plays. And because why do you want length at corner so you can get you know your hand on the ball? Yeah. Well, he's done that more than anybody in the, out here. It's interesting. Because, okay, again, let's break it down. Barring, assuming nothing crazy happens with like a, you know, a, a roster cut trade, something like that, then Byron's on the team, Cheeto's on the team, Jordan's on the team, Anthony Brown's on the team, and I think C.J. Goodwin's on the team because he is far and away their best. But he made a great play. Yeah. Uh, he made a great tackle. as or He was the guy that, that he was in on that muff punt, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, he recovered he's, it. He's a fantastic gunner. They love him as a special teamer. So that's five. If they keep six, I think it's evidence that Chris Richard has a lot of sway, which, he, I mean, he should. There's nothing wrong with that. And either way, you would think it's going to be one of his guys because Jackson is his guy and so is Alumba. So take your pick. Alumba's been better. But they only went with five corners last year. So if they go with six, I think it says a lot about Richard's sway in that personnel room. I will say this, though. I don't think – I don't think they necessarily want C.J. Goodwin on the field playing cornerback. No. no. And so when you're talking about having – I know that he will fit on the depth chart there, but the fact is that would only be four cornerbacks because you don't want him to have to play. So you could kind of think of him more as, even though he would make the team, you could kind of right. think of them, him more as your special team's ace. Mm -hmm. and, and then you have your fifth cornerback in Alumba or Jackson. Just in terms of bodies, though. I get it. No, I get it. And it's hard to imagine more than 10 DBs. And like I said, last year they only kept nine. So but I'm, I'm good four with four safeties. safeties. I'm good with four safeties. Who? I, I am think, too. Who? I think it's pretty clear. I think you, you go with uh, – Pretty clear. The two starters, okay. obviously. And then I think you got um, – I don't have my roster with me for all the names. Uh, well, there's Frazier. There's, there's uh, nope. Darian Thompson. Darian Thompson. That's three. And there's Donovan, Donovan Wilson. Donovan Wilson. Those are the four that I would keep. And uh, Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Well, That's who I would keep. You're going to cut Frazier and yes, Iloka. I would. I would. Yeah. I think I, think I, feel, I feel pretty good about where the safeties are right now, the two starters. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't think – I don't personally think they get a whole lot out of Frazier playing cornerback. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, playing safety. So Frazier, think, Frazier got the start for Heath on Saturday night. I get all that. Okay. I get all that. But okay. I just, again, this is if I were making the cuts. Um, but obviously they, they'll, they, they do factor in 
veteran and veterans and their their knowledge of the team and being around here and, and being good citizens on the team like that matters to them um and so i wouldn't be shocked if if frazier's here but i do think this would be an opportunity for them to go a little young there and and if you're going to have 10 go four safeties and keep that that extra cornerback i think you got more talent at cornerback than what you do at safety. one way or another i yeah six cornerback sounds like it makes sense to me all right we appreciate you guys joining us we are back uh tomorrow same time, 11 o'clock. You guys, I'm sorry, 11.45. You guys will be able to watch us and watch practice the same tomorrow and Thursday. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio.